less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Trying to get this podcast uh, back on regularly scheduled programming. So hoping to have this out every single Tuesday for the foreseeable future. We'll see if I can live up to that. Um, First off, let's uh, talk about where you can find more information on the Libertarian Party of Georgia, and that is lpgeorgia.com. Um, We're also at LP Georgia on Twitter, and you can find us on Rumble, Instagram, Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube, um, which is probably where you're watching this right now. Um, This podcast is also available on all podcast platforms. Um, So if you find anything interesting, if you want to know more information, if you want to join the Libertarian Party of Georgia, make sure you visit LPGeorgia.com. We have tons of great info on there, tons of ways to get involved in the party and just to be able to learn about the party. Um, today, I have a special guest known as Malty Brewer. Malty Brewer, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jake. How you doing? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Can you tell us uh, what it is you do here in Georgia? Sure. So uh, right now, I'm a, a brewer at Omaha Brewing Company. Um, they've been around for over 10 years now, and um, they're in Omaha, Georgia, which is uh, south of Columbus, south of Fort Benning, uh, out in Stewart County. Uh, so it's a pretty rural area, but, uh, but this is something that's been a big passion of mine uh, for a long time, sort of a hobby for a long time, and now I get to do it uh, professionally, uh, work with the big 30-barrel tanks and 30-barrel brewing house, and so uh, it, it, it's a thrill. It's a lot of fun. Um, we always have live music and food trucks on Saturday. Uh, we get a ton of soldiers, a ton of locals, a ton of campers. It's right by Providence Canyon and Florence Marina. So it, it's a good time. Uh, everybody that comes in, uh, one, one of our slogans is uh, enter as friends and leave as family. And so we really live that. We, we want folks to feel the love in the room and, and leave thinking, wow, what a, what a cool place. And, so we, we do that. that day in and day out. It's hardly a job. I can't, <laughs> can't believe I get paid to do it. What uh, What did you do before you were brewing? So I, I worked in uh, academia for a number of years uh, as a dean of general studies and academic support. I was a psychology instructor first. Uh, also worked in the nonprofit arena with people with disabilities uh, as, at Voc Rehab and at Goodwill. Um, so I've sort of uh, had kind of a professional career for the majority of time. And so now I get to sort of do this as my passion project. Um, uh, Several years ago, actually, around the time of COVID, I uh, uh, sort of um, started getting into this hobby more intensely. I had some more free time at home and uh, I was just tweaking recipes and trying different things. Then I found that Auburn University had a brew science program. So I signed up for that and uh, graduated uh, just last summer. And so uh, it was pretty cool. I had the job at the brewery right after I graduated. And so 
uh, it was cool. It was neat. Um, yeah, I really liked it a lot. And, uh, nice. you know, something very unique, something very different than academia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. I'm picturing like brewing school being basically just drinking a whole lot of beer, but I'm sure that wasn't it. Um, can you tell me like what the process is with, uh, with like, you know, learning how to brew beer? Sure. So, so one of the benefits of the Auburn program is that it's a hundred percent online. Um, but a lot of times we have meetups, um, where we would all, um, sign on and we would sample different beers and we'd talk about different beers. Uh, we did do some on-campus stuff where we would come and, and check out, uh, the facilities there and everything They have, uh, kind of a brew lab and they have uh, a lot of stuff connected with some of the other programs that, uh, uh, does the science kind of side of stuff, but um, but yeah, we we would literally sometimes homework would would be drinking beer. We would have what's called beer judge certification program score sheets where we would drink a beer and then have to rate it on like you know thirty different features and uh, yeah, again, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds terrible. Homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a miserable time at school. Right. I know. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, if I had known that, I mean, I could have gotten, could have gotten a bunch of degrees. I think while I was at SCAD, just right. way through that college. <laughs> kind of like when you take frisbee or golf as an elective, right? Exactly. Beer exactly. making. <laughs> so, when did you uh, like figure out that you wanted to brew, and how was the transition going from like the education world to the brewing world? Sure. So. Um, I always had sort of a um, interest in craft beer and different flavors and flavors from around the world. Um, it was something me and my dad had actually gotten into um, by going to different old Chicago's, uh, especially in Denver, uh, where I lived before I uh, moved to Georgia. Um, and uh, they have a world beer tour. And so you get to sample different beers from all around the world. And uh, you learn a little bit about each one as you do that. Um, and then I really didn't know uh, until like 2020 or so that it was legal to actually brew your own beer at home. It's kind of like the world's best kept secret. And, uh, <laughs> and so once, once I found that out, I, um, I was hook, line and sinker. I got the, I got bit by the bug. And ever since then I've been studying, reading books, learning and just brewing, brewing, brewing and, and learning more about it. That's awesome. How, like how, at what point did you, what was the like tipping point of you quitting your old job and, and coming to, to this one? Well, I think a, a lot of it was just being able to do things on my own terms. Um, a, a lot of it had to do with freedom and, and the ability to kind of set my own hours, you know, come in when I needed to come in. Um, if you can see the facility there at Omaha Brewing Company, it's just, it's picturesque. You have muscadine vineyards, you got, you know, um, rolling hills and trees. And I mean, it's just an, a beautiful natural paradise. And so, you know, the opportunity to go out there and work day in and day out, uh, breathe the fresh air and, you know, not be stuck in a cubicle hunched over, you know, I, I think, you know, definitely my health has gotten better. You know, lifting kegs is kind of a hardcore cardio workout. And uh, and so, so yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I joined my time in education and I've, you know, have been leveraging that towards learning more about these uh, areas. But um, 
you know, it, it just, it, it didn't allow me the kind of freedom that, you know, I wanted. Um, you know, there's always something in education where, you know, uh, there's a new gimmick or a new fad and you have to adapt to that. And, you know, it, it's a different world completely, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you and I met at the Great Create. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's how I first heard about you. I knew you were coming there. I wanted to set up this interview before the Great Create to get right. more people there, but uh, sure. uh, ran out of time. So it is what it is. We're here now. Yeah. And how was your how was your experience at the Great Create? What was that whole whole thing like for you? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, I met so many people and made so many friends. Um, yeah, I was able to teach a lot of people about brewing. Um, there's so many myths when it comes to brewing, and um, a lot of people don't know that there are some health benefits in terms of having vitamins and minerals and other kinds of um, you know things that are sort of uh, I guess taboo uh, to talk about. You know, mm-hmm. especially in the South where you know you sort of have this you know trend against you know drinking and smoking are like the worst things you could ever do. You know, mm-hmm. um, but um, but so. So yeah, I, I got to brew a couple beers out there, which was cool. Got to meet a lot of uh, other home brewers and teach a couple people uh, homebrew, uh, and and got to attend some great sessions from um, some of our candidates for president. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, really rad that a potential president drank one of my beers. I thought, <laughs> yeah. there you go, you got my vote. You know, that's great. Was it Mike or Chase? It was Mike. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mike's a great dude. We uh, talked to him for a bit when I was, I was um, down there and he's actually going to be on Liberty Libations this Thursday. Hey, cool. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to that. Heck yeah. 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 His presentation was great. He, he hooked me into coming inside because he said he'd help me put up my easy up because, you know, <laughs> we had those because of the rain and everything and we uh-huh. were struggling to get it up. And he came by and said, listen, if you come in, you know, I'll come back out. You know, take my jacket off and help you put this up. Wow. Like, That's a good deal. That's a good trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like a presidential candidate who's good at bargaining. You know? There you go. That's right. <laughs> Made a deal. Made it happen. Which uh which beer did he drink of yours? It was uh it was the stout, the the smoked stout. Yeah. Dude, that smoked stout was uh-huh. phenomenal. Oh yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I I love stout and I Pretty much all I drink is Guinness. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it is, but Guinness is the only beer where I will never feel it the next day. Oh yeah. Um, but all the other beers, I'll like beers, liquor, wine. I'll I'll get nasty hangovers um, sure. just just from like two drinks. It's and probably a lot of uh, sugar content, which Guinness yeah. is actually lower in sugar. It's actually lower carb and lower sugar, which is ironic because. Most people think of it as like a meal beer that's really thick, but mm. it's actually lower carb. And, and so was the one that, that I had at the fair. So there's nice. some overlap there. Yeah, that one was so good. Yeah, highly approve. Um, what Do you have a like favorite type of beer that you like to brew? Sure. I, I, I really like the name Multi Brewer. I, I like stuff on the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, Russian Imperial Stouts. I like oatmeal stouts, you know, stuff that's just, you know, not your, your everyday light beer. You know, those are good too, but, you know, yeah. 
I really like experimenting with complexity and adding coffee and Oof, uh, yeah. different kinds of uh, elements to it to give it real deep character. I, I like a sort of dark sipper, uh, kind of the, the beer equivalent of like a bourbon or scotch or whiskey or something like that. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Nice. Um, what... Uh... Is there anything about the brewing process that would like surprise people or people would never even think about in everyday life? Hmm. I'm sure I, I know. I'm sure it's people. like second nature to you at this point. So you don't know right. like what people think most of the time, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of people would be surprised at how simple it is that, uh, you know, if you have hops, you have uh, barley, you have water and yeast, you have beer and, and it's really, um, you know, to, to make really great beer uh, can be a challenge, you know, but to make good beer is very easy. And so I think a lot of people would be surprised, um, you know, just how simple it is to, you know, uh, get get your sugar through extract or, or do an all grain batch and get your sugars from, you know, natural grain, then boil it for about 60 minutes and add your hops at the start of that, let it cool down, add your yeast you know, cover it up decently. And mm -hmm. uh, you would actually in a couple weeks come back and have some delicious beer. That would be, uh, you know, probably surprising how easy it was. Hey, if you keep telling people secrets, you're not going to have any customers, man. <laughs> you know, some of our best customers at Omaha are actually home brewers too. Oh, that's fun. So they, they love it when I'm uh, in the tap room serving because they get to nerd out with me on uh, <laughs> brew science and things. And it's just a whole different level of appreciation. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being a culinary expert and also being a chef and, you know, learning how to make different things and try different things. Gotcha. Um, what's the legal process like in Georgia for becoming a brewer, becoming a brewery, that kind of thing? Sure. Well, to homebrew, you know, it's it's perfectly legal for anybody to buy a kit from online, and, mm -hmm. you know, to, to get started and do your own homebrew. Uh, it's the same for wine and cider as well. Um, to uh, to start a brewery it is pretty extensive. You have to get, you know, have to have business license. You have to go through um, the alcohol and trade bureaus. You have to get, you know, um, different certifications for your taproom staff. With, called tips certification um you know uh, of course they do inspections it's a lot like a restaurant where they want to make sure that you know all your equipment's clean and all your you know stuff is um in order and and you're going to be making a safe product um it's kind of ironic though because really alcohol you know is naturally safe it, it's something that it's antiseptic it, it's antibacterial it's you know something that you know doesn't spoil very easily that's why you know for thousands of years you know people brewed beer instead of drinking their groundwater because it was actually safer uh, to drink so you know uh, it's, it's a bureaucracy thing nowadays i think to get those those license fees and those taxes and all that other stuff out of the brewery interesting yeah that that is kind of funny that it's like it's one of the safer things to consume as far as like how as far as like uh you know and things that are in uh what am i trying to say um 
more more volatile or more dangerous. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, but the 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 sixty minute brew um, process where you boil for sixty minutes, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're you're over two hundred degrees for sixty minutes. There's absolutely nothing that's going to hurt people that will survive that. So you know, it's absolutely inherently right. going to be you know a safe safe yeah. product. You know? Yeah, I mean, if you boil water for just a few minutes, you're, it's like it's good to go. Like sixty minutes of of boiling that, it should be pretty safe to consume at that point. That's right, absolutely. That's so funny. I wonder, like, it, it's funny how like industries begin and then regulation starts afterwards. I wonder what like the 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 incident because gener- a lot of times it's like one incident that. Yeah starts the whole regulation process so it'd be interesting to like look back at the brewing world and see what that incident was or what a series of incidents was that caused all this regulation around yeah Yeah. i think i I think at one point somewhere uh i don't remember where it was at but but somewhere they had huge vats i think it was in england actually Mm. they had huge brewing vats and and one of them broke and flooded a town because it was so large and so full of beer and i think like people died or something from that Uh, yeah i'd I'd be curious to see if that was uh um interesting maybe the the trigger event or or something but that could definitely be i didn't think about like workplace accidents you know like yeah killing killing people across a whole town by flooding it with beer (laughs) that's you may sound like that's your dream but you really (laughs) i imagine a lot of it also came from the like fact of of what happens when you consume too much of it yes yeah i imagine but but that really wouldn't have anything to do with the actual production of the beer it would have to do with how you give it to people that's right and and really, uh, I think a lot of it was uh, the effect of spirits. Spirits mm. had a fairly negative effect on society yeah. uh, because it was so easy to, you know, have too much. Um, but yeah, thousands of years, you know, people made it, you know, and did certainly fine with beer and things like that. Gotcha. Um, I think a lot has to do nowadays with um, like the beer corporations and like, mm. um, the three tier system where you brewers have to have uh, breweries have to have a distributor in order to be able to uh, move their beer even across the street from the brewery. You can't like really? roll a dolly with a keg across the street without having a signed contract with what's called a distributor, uh, which is something all the big uh, breweries have because they can't move their product that much, but mm-hmm. it really hampers um, the small breweries um and of course you know they try and um they try and thwart that you know um or they try and reinforce that with the um with the lobbyists and then both sides um and and both will kind of pay lip service to opening up the beer laws um i know of one representative out of california named jackie spire she uh, introduced what was called the USBS Shipping Act, which, you know, was years ago. It was like maybe three or four years ago it was introduced and it's got no traction. Um, mm. But it would allow small craft beer breweries to have the same rights as wineries and um, distilleries in order to ship directly to customers. 
Uh, oh, interesting. Which seems like an obvious thing that you would want uh, the same rights across spirits and, and wine, which you know could be debatably more dangerous since they have higher ABVs. But uh, but it's just languished um, because I, I'm sure the lobbyists don't want to see that because that introduces more competition. That, you know, that yeah, no kidding. That's interesting because I know. Uh, did you meet Will Bell while at the Great Create? I heard his name several times. Okay, he he owns uh, his family owns a blueberry wine farm. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Nice. And I had no idea. So I knew he could distribute his own product. I had mm -hmm. no idea that it was completely different for a brewery. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. bizarre. And, and and at Omaha, we recently just got a, a winery license, and we have four different wines now. Uh, just for this reason, because a lot of the soldiers that come through, they have a great time. They like us on Facebook. They're part of our mailing list. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they want our product. Uh, but when they PCS, they may be in Germany. They may be in Korea. They may be in mm -hmm. Washington State. You know, uh, you don't know. But, but in order for us to get them something, it has to be uh, wine or it has to be uh, hopefully we'll get a spirits license soon and be able to make muscadine vodka. That's, that's nice. kind of the next thing on our agenda. Oh, love some muscadine vodka. That's good. I like that. It that's is. just, that's a crazy law that makes no, like that absolutely makes no sense. And, but it makes, it also does make sense that the bigger companies are mm -hmm. paying lip service, but then lobbying to keep it in place. Cause I mean, it's the same thing. Like, it's the same thing with like minimum wage laws. Like, the giant corporations don't give a crap if the minimum wage goes up because they'll just automate everything. Whereas the mom and pop stores can no longer, you know, push down hire, hire people. That's yeah, a, that's, that's competition, more profit. Mm -hmm. You yep. know, it's you know just greed for greed's sake. You know, and you know, um, it, I think, you know, with all the AB InBev and Budweiser and things like that in the news, you know, it's, you know, kind of silly some of the arguments that kind of go around with it when yeah. really it's it's poor tasting bad beer, you know, that you really shouldn't drink anyway. Like there's yeah. a whole lot better quality out there. And, and, and then, too, you've got local people, you know, that you're supporting in your local community. Mm -hmm. um, and you know uh, there there's enough now like i think i read a statistic recently where we had just reached the same amount of breweries in the united states as there were pre-prohibition so it's oh, wow. taken us like over 100 years to get back to the number of breweries that used to be here that long ago wow but that's was, crazy mm -hmm. especially considering i i don't know what the population of the united states was before prohibition but it was drastically less than it is now oh yeah so yeah, the but, percentage but there was probably crazy. a brewery on every corner that, that everybody yeah. would go to their local tavern in order to you know fellowship and have community and to even do business it was very commonplace back then that that was sort of the center hub of your community was a tavern yeah that's interesting yeah i, I didn't think about like you know, with government, it's really, really difficult to repeal laws. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't think about like all the stuff that went along with prohibition, all the laws that they must have kept in place while still making it legal again sure. to consume it. So that's that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, um, And you still have Sunday laws and you still have three, yeah. two laws and 
things like that. Spread What's out the 3-2 law? Just where you have to have beer down to 3.2% ABV in order to be sold um, <laughs> in certain sort of, quote, dry counties, you know. Goodness gracious. That's basically kombucha at that point. Yeah, yeah. And in <laughs> and, and several places, you know, uh, I know um, Yazoo Brewing Company in Nashville, um, they actually fought because one of their beers were higher ABV and they cap out uh, by law what a brewery can make. And so they fought and won uh, in their state legislature to be able to make one of their higher, like 12% ABV beers, which that's what every state ought to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Sunday laws are ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, half that, I mean, I'd say most laws are ridiculous as libertarians. We probably, (laughs) most libertarians would agree with that. Um, As far as like your, your background in education and teaching mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, did any of those skills transfer over to, to brewing? brewing yeah, dev- definitely. Definitely like um, being able to have like precise measurement, you know, mm-hmm. being able to like, you know, have high levels of reading comprehension, um, you know, things like math ability, you know, being able to do algebraic formulas and things like that. So some of the calculations are, really monster calculations in order to blend beers or into um, calculate how many IBUs you get from certain hops that go into certain beers to try and get high uh, IPA type hoppiness. Um, there it was a whole lot of skills there. Like, like I think my experience in education sort of helped make me a lifelong learner, which made me sort of like a super powered brewer uh, in the sense that, you know, I could read a book and really absorb a lot out of it and then put it into practice. The nice thing was that it had that immediate uh, occupational use, whereas a lot of education now has just kind of gotten bloated with state standards and you want to add this and you want to add that. And and they're not really relevant to the industry anymore. Um, Students have trouble learning it because they don't really see an immediate application for it. So um, yeah, it's, I think that's one of the big problems with education now is not being relevant to the immediate job industry. Gotcha. That's interesting. That it does seem like it, your, your experience with education would definitely bleed over. That's a, it's a good way to look at it, that it made you like a lifetime learner and you can keep uh-huh. on like, like growing and perfecting your craft and, you know, cause it, I think one of the things that drives me nuts about places like, let's say, Starbucks, when mm-hmm. it comes to coffee, is that they just make the same crap no matter what, and they just add a bunch of sugar to it without actually making the beans any better, which is the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of, it, it feels like they do marketing campaigns for new drinks, but it's all based on sugar. It's not even based on coffee anymore. Um and so I like the idea of continuing to update things and evolve and grow. And I, I like that a lot. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it, it's like an infinite camp canvas, you know, mm. um, you know, it's, it's kind of an art when, when you really dig into it, just like being a chef and, and preparing, you know, like a, a beautiful meal that's aesthetically pleasing to the eye, but also delicious, you know, when you eat it. Um, you know, there's so many different elements involved there. And uh, even though you can make beer with just four elements, 
you know, the timing of each element and the quality of each element really plays a huge role in your final product. Even your water profile and the different vitamins and minerals uh, that are in your water actually can make a big difference in, in the uh, in the beer. Uh, one of the benefits of being at Omaha is that we're on top of a large aquifer. And so we get fresh spring water straight out of the ground. Um, yes. um, in some places it comes, you know, without a pump, there's the natural pressure underground shoots it up and we just have a spigot that we turn on or turn off. And I mean, it tastes amazing. It's, it's that is pretty great. Cool. I love that. We have a similar, th I have property in Montana and we have this tiny little spring that just pops right out of the mountain and it is the best tasting water. We had it tested. It's like, it's like, it has all the good stuff in it. It's great. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's so healthy for you. That was one thing at the Great Create that I enjoyed talking with people the most about, whether it was the composting people or, uh, you know, the goat and dairy, you know, folks, like uh, this idea of uh, trying to match your microbiome with your microbiome. You know, I think mm. if I had so much health disinformation that, you know, health information about like really building your immune system, you know, playing mm -hmm. with animals, getting outside, walking barefoot in the dirt, you know, yeah. uh, it, that's really what I think bolsters up your health and makes you uh, resistant to the bugs and the things that come around. Heck yeah. Do you know uh, Joel Saladin? I've, I've, I've watched his videos. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then um, uh, it was another, oh, Jack Spirico. Yeah. Amazing guys. Like we yeah. sort of are starting our little square foot garden, half acre homestead. And so uh, a lot of our, our duck ponics and our chickens, uh -huh. and, uh, we've gotten from guys like that. that I know, love that. Yeah. I love that. Like when the, yeah. When like the whole pandemic thing started, he like invited people to his farm to just like walk around barefoot, stick their hands in like uh -huh. all the dirt and like the, yeah. like the cow manure and crap like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a funny dude. He's yeah. super smart, super intelligent, but uh, uh -huh. it's a, it's an interesting line of thought that is extremely like counter counter to what we've been taught for the past, like 50, 60 years. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much paranoia, you know, mm. about food and food quality that, you know, I mean, there, there's some common sense things, you know, uh, about food safety standards. But I, I think nowadays it, it just gets taken way out of way to the extreme, whereas, you know, um, using natural ingredients, you know, being close to your food source. You know, mm -hmm. knowing where your milk came from, knowing where your water comes from, where mm -hmm. your meat came from, where your eggs came from. Um, I think most of the modern sort of food disasters have come from where we don't know where it came from and something mm -hmm. was introduced. And so they can't really pinpoint exactly, you know, what what was that got in there and what was causing the problem. But when you know that farmer and you trust that farmer and he's part of your community, you know, you're going to be safer in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, well, Will, are there any, aside from like distribution, um, are there any challenges that Omaha brewing faces right now? Sure. I know like most small breweries, it's, it's really hard to, um, figure out like logistics with, um, distribution. Um, mm. 
you you have uh, about a, I would say conservatively, uh, 20% cut from the distributor, 20% cut from the bar or the uh, package store. Um, then you have 20% cost of uh, your efficiency. And so by the time you add all the percentages up, you really are working with a very small margin of uh, how much profit you're going to get after materials and labor, uh, electricity. And so in our tap room, we're able to maximize that. Um, and, uh, and we're also sort of able to get people out to the country, get people mm. out to Stewart County, get people, you know, um, out in the environment and, and, you know, bringing their kids and their dogs and, you know, sort of having a family experience out there. And so, um, so, so our main goal is sort of diversifying outside of the existing structures and sort of lobbying for that ability to ship to customers and, and to be able to, uh, you know, ship merchandise to customers, um, sort of grow our vertical and horizontal integrations, you know, um, yeah. in, in sort of business speak. But, um, but, you know, a lot of the challenges are like food, getting a food truck out there to the country. You know, mm-hmm. we do that every Saturday, and we have a handful of great food trucks. Um, but people want variety, and and, and people kind of want that restaurant experience. But just the paperwork and everything for um, getting a restaurant set up, it would be double everything that we've done to make the brewery. And so um, right. that's why the majority of breweries don't have, like, on-site food, and they use food trucks and other things because that's sort of a – easy way to get people food um that's a great have, way to get people food for sure yeah and, and it encourages small business as well mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome um we have a few um right now we have charcuterie boards from a, a local business that oh, makes nice. up these amazing little charcuterie board boxes that have cheese and grapes and stuff like that that makes a great uh, snack and the big ones are definitely a meal um we have call it yours casseroles there that are kind of frozen and then you know, you kind of have to heat it up on your own, but it's in the freezer. So that's <laughs> another kind of, you know, way we're able to uh, give something for people. You know, we have barbecue grills out there, too. So they're totally open to, like, you want to bring some hamburgers and hot dogs and grill up while you're, you know, enjoying your craft beer or your seltzer or, um, you know, uh, any of the sodas or anything that we got for kids and stuff. Gotcha. That's cool. That's cool. Well, well, where can uh, where can people find y'all? I mean, let's sure. see, omahabrewingcompany.com. I know yep. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Check the website. Uh, search for omahabrewingcompany.com or Omaha Brewing Company on Facebook as well. Uh, that's where you're going to get the most up-to-date, like who's the music act this Saturday. Um, we just had a big crawfish boil last Saturday. So that was a really awesome event where they were doing on-site uh, crawfish. Um some awesome food. Uh, We do some barbecue festivals. We do Mm -hmm. um, different competitions and things like that. So definitely check out the website. Um, I I think you'd be surprised at everything that we've got there uh, out in our our little country brewery. I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah, it looks like y'all are Omaha Brewing Company on Instagram. All one word. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. I see that crawfish. Well, man, I love a good crawfish. Bro. Oh, yeah. 
yeah yeah it's it's pretty hardcore you it, it was 25 dollars, but you got like a, a tray that was like <laughs> you know like a couple feet by a couple feet it seemed like and had corn and potatoes and mm. you know just everything all you know boiled up there on site yeah, that's way cheaper than going to a restaurant and getting two pounds of crawfish. But oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that gets pricey. That's, yeah. It's crazy how much seafood costs um, at those Cajun joints. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Will, thank you so much for, for hopping on the show. I know you filled in last minute for somebody that uh, yeah. had, to, had to duck out. <laughs> but oh, dude. I'm glad I got the opportunity. Uh, Heck yeah. Always fun to talk to you. Heck yeah. Um, uh, yeah. D do you want to shout out like any, uh, any places where people can follow you in particular, or do you just want to leave it at the Omaha Brewing? Sure. You can search multi brewer on Facebook too. That's kind of my Avenue right now. Um, I'm going to try and there's multi brewer.com as well. That's still sort of a work in progress, but ultimately that'll be where, you know, I'll be doing um, my personal kind of thing about brewer education and about brewing networks and things okay. like that. Nice. Well, y'all, I think uh, we're going to wrap up there. Again, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Rumble, Instagram, YouTube, Odyssey, everything. Go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more about the Libertarian Party of Georgia and what we're trying to do to spread liberty throughout our state. Um, and yeah, if you're around Omaha, Omaha, Georgia, to be precise, um, go visit Omaha Brewing Company because... They make some delicious beers. I have some firsthand experience with that. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you all for tuning in this week. And, Will, thank you so much for, for coming on the show, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. All right. Take care. We'll, we'll see you all later.